Always, there is more complexity. There are more layers. Always, there is more simplicity, more unity. No matter how much we come to know or figure out, there are more subtleties and variations we have yet to learn. And more common threads we have still to recognize. We're part of so incredibly many systems. And in spite of that inescapable fact, most of us have spent a very good portion of our lives establishing our independence from one thing and then another. As Joan Johnson Lewis said, the human condition is that we are individuals in relationship. And there are tensions between individuality and relatedness. For the past several years, we as a nation have had to deal with the challenge of weighing freedom against security. How much of one warrants less of the other? We are a month, a week, and a day away from the seventh anniversary of the September 11th attacks. Seven years later, the struggle and debates continue. One hopeful note, if the spiritual advisors to our government will pass it along. Um, Biblically speaking, the number seven represents completion. Wouldn't it be nice if one month, one day, and one week from now, the fears that set up this whole argument just vanished? Seven years. On the other hand, the bad news is that the number seven, biblically biblically speaking, stands for infinity. So how does our individual independence stack up against our collective interdependence? I'm sure most of us have opinions about all of that. And we may or may not agree with the conclusions and methods that have been thus far employed. But either way, we have to admit that it's not a simple question. Not in matters of national interests, not in matters of community interests, and not in matters of global interests. Small scale to large, the matter is a complicated one that requires far better minds than mine for sorting it out. Benjamin Franklin is credited with having said, they who give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And Abraham Lincoln said, 
those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves, and under a just God cannot long retain it. What if you have to choose between your own freedom and the freedom and welfare of others? Where would you draw the line? As Unitarian Universalists, we frequently make reference to the goal of world community and to the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. They're the subjects of two of our seven principles. So here's the dilemma. Chances are pretty good, and don't use that line if you're running for office. Just by virtue of your being here and part of this congregation, chances are pretty good that you have at some point in your life been pretty fiercely independent. In fact, you may still see yourself in that way. Or perhaps maybe it's others who see you that way. Well, what if that independence, that individuality, and some of those mightily precious freedoms turn out diametrically opposing to world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all? Or those freedoms make it impossible to respect the interdependent web of existence. Well, an exa- a, a little example of the latter part of that statement is uh, the way we've made rules region to region or city to city to control littering. But in order to do that, we had to deny everyone the right to leave stuff wherever they choose. And as codes increase, that moves into people's private property. There are limitations to what you can have on your land. And that's agreed upon standards, but it's giving up some freedom, personal freedom individual liberty. Maybe you don't have any problem understanding the reasonableness of these sorts of limits. And I'm sure you've all heard the stories about the rationing that went on in World War II. At that time, most people not only uh, complied but participated in efforts to collect more goods to help out, like scrap drives. At that time, most communities were smaller, and the people in them more dependent on each other. I'd have to think that in this day and age, attitudes about rationing on, oh, let's say gasoline... would be quite disparate. 
whether it is as people, as communities, or as nations, we all seem to go through these stages of maturing that involve first being dependent, then gradually developing moderate autonomy, which either increases or decreases with age, depending on circumstance, inclination. And finally, we arrive at the capacity to coexist, to compromise, and maybe collaborate. Last night I was speaking to a member of our board of directors and he shared with me his dismay at trying to foster collaborative efforts among certain area institutions and having his efforts met only with skepticism and fear. I I believe one of his points was that this attitude was an unfortunately immature one. Each of the institutions had much more to gain through collaboration than they could conceivably lose, but have been unable to put down old fears long enough to recognize that fact. You know, the sense of there's not enough. All they can see is what they may, all they can see is what they may have to give up or not receive in the meantime. The word depend comes from Latin dependere, meaning to hang down, like suspend, pinned, hanging. When I found that out, it reminded me of some toys from my early childhood. These particular toys belonged to a neighbor kid, um, and sometimes during the day, before I was in elementary school, um, my mother would leave me at his mother's house. He was older than I, and he would be in school. And so I would get to uh, try to figure out his toys on my own. This toy was a plastic barrel And when you opened it up, it had a bunch of monkeys in it. And the monkeys were all kind of shaped like this. I'm assuming there's a game that you can play with that, but nobody was there to tell me about the game. So all I knew was that you could hook the monkeys together, and I could string them from as far up as I could reach all the way to the ground. And what struck me when I was thinking about this, the hanging monkeys, was that the monkey on the top didn't seem to be strained at all by all of these monkeys that were hanging on below him. So the barrel of monkeys. Maybe one day y'all can show me how to play. He didn't look, the monkey on top did not look any 
less at ease than the monkey closest to the floor. Now, to depend, to hang down. In practical terms, the truth is the higher up the chain one gets, the greater the burden of responsibility. The weight of those depending on you increases. To depend is to rely on, place trust on. A dependent is either dependent is either depending on someone or something else for support. Independent is by definition not relying on others and not bound by or committed to a larger group. Since interdependence is mutual dependence, that is reciprocally relying on others, doesn't it make sense that independence, personal freedoms, independence, would have to, by definition, run counter to interdependence in some way. An 18th century English historian, Sir Edward Gibbon, wrote, In the end, more than they wanted freedom, they wanted security. They wanted a comfortable life, and they lost it all. Security, comfort, and freedom. When the freedom they wished for was freedom from responsibility, then Athens ceased to be free. How high up the monkey chain are we? Do we have the strength to bear the responsibility? Collaborative cooperation requires emotional, psychological, and spiritual maturity. Rigid ideas and knee-jerk responses have no place there. If most of the planet's human inhabitants continue to function from a significant degree of fear, and odds are extremely good that they will, then the global interdependence that the brightest and best minds at the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization indicate as clearly necessary for human survival may come at a higher personal cost than we care to imagine. In biological systems, modifications and cooperation only occur for the sake of survival and in response to extreme crisis. A DVD series that I brought back from the Summer Institute, the District Summer Institute, will amplify that assertion far better than I can or even will try to. But with the number of significant risks that face the human race and our planet home, we will, in the foreseeable future, surely face serious choices. Humans are the first creatures ever 
to have generated their own crises and also the first creatures who have the capacity to solve their own crises or resolve their own crises. Perhaps you and or I will not be present when some of the more crucial ultimate decisions are made. But there are nonetheless decisions we need to solemnly consider now. As an individual who dreams of a peaceful, fair, and free world, how many of your own personal spoils and freedoms are you willing to give up? Would you be willing to go on substantial food rationing in order to feed Canada? Azerbaijan? Iran? If successfully creating a global village would require giving up portions of your freedom of speech... Would you be willing to make that sacrifice? Of course, these examples are absurdly hypothetical. But the theory, the concept, the principles I'm trying to point out are in very real ways one of the most important underlying questions of our coming age. And you, the diehard believers, are the ones who must decide. What are your dreams worth? Are these lofty notions worth that kind of a price? How much fear can each one of us find a way to eradicate? so that that majority of, of, of fearful existence dissipates, goes away. And collaboration can be made without having to sacrifice so much. Not only the sparrow's fall is felt to the uttermost bond, but the vibrations set in motion by the words that we utter reach through all space, and the tremor is felt through all time. The difference that we make in every given moment is important. Always there is more complexity. Always there is more simplicity. <laughs>